Three Brothers, One Mike is a weekly podcast put together to help motivate and inspire our listeners both mentally and physically in the hopes of helping you be the best you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Two Brothers, One Mike. I'm Joe, and as always, my brother, Coach Tony, is here. Tony. Hey, everybody out there in T-Bomb land. How are you guys doing? What a fantastic show we have today, Joe. Yeah. Oh, I definitely agree. It's uh, going to be a great interview we have today. Yeah. Huh? yeah. I mean, you know, this is and you know, this is a relatively new show mm-hmm. and um, we've had two interviews so far only. And it's definitely a direction we want to keep going in with this show. And um, today's interview is going to be based on uh, it's actually going to really expand on what we talked about last week, which we introduced the importance of hydration and Um, the young lady that we have with us today is going to really open up some eyes with some of the things that she knows about hydration in detail. And I think it's going to be fantastic. And if you're listening to today's show, listen to it all the way to the end, because she's going to bring a plethora of uh, information to you. And so uh, let me just, you know, skip all me talking here. That's just, you know, nobody wants to hear me talk. They hear me talk every week. Uh, but what they do want to hear is about our guest, and, and she is an anthropologist and a founder of a very important foundation, the Hydration Foundation, which is recognized as a leading resource for hydration, science, and education. Now, she has been named a real-world scholar and is the co-author, along with her co-author, Dr. Dana Cohen, who is an MD of in- Integrated Medicine, of the book Quench, your five-day plan to optimal hydration, which has been recommended by the New York Times, Oprah's O Magazine, NPR, and many other media sources who recognize how she is changing the conversation on hydration, making it easier for us all. So without further ado, we would like to welcome to Two Brothers, One Mike, Gina Bria. Gina, how are you doing today? Hello, two brothers. What a pleasure to be here. (laughs) And how's the day going so far? Well, the day is great because I'm anticipating changing your listeners' minds and bringing them brand new, like wild information they haven't thought of or heard of before so we can all be better hydrated. Well, 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 I guarantee you, just from the conversation that we all had about three weeks ago, um, many of you don't know this, and sometimes we do explain this. We always talk to those who we are going to interview prior to the actual interview and get a little more of an understanding of where they're coming from, which is always a good thing to do. And and, and Gina blew our minds with some of the information that we, we talked about uh, a few weeks ago. So we can't wait for her to get into that. But, but what I want to do first, Gina, if I could, uh, many people may have not listened to last week's show. So I just want to give them a little bit of information on a little summary and even yourself a little summary on what we brought to the table last week when we began our talk about the hydration process. Oh, um, great. Go yeah. ahead. So, so we talked about four points. We talked about the different avenues as far as how much water we should drink per day. And there's so many rules that go into that. There's the eight by eight rule, for example, and so many other rules. And we talked about why water is so important to our health, why it is essential, uh, maybe uh, arguably, I don't even know if there's an argument there, the most essential mineral you could put in your body. Um, A lot of external factors we talked about, like, um, you know, as far as water intake is concerned, we talked about the environment. You know, how hot is it outside? We talked about the type of job you may perform in your life, such as construction, roofing, factory. Are you an accountant? Are you an attorney? Uh, And how that affects how much water intake you may have. We talked about your avid workout schedule. Are you a yoga person? Are you a CrossFit, Olympic weightlifter, high intensity interval training? Do you a little bit of, uh, do you do a little bit of all of that on top of your job as a construction worker? So, so many different avenues in which you have to look at how much water you should be drinking on a daily basis. And then we also touched on, and we're going to do a lot more shows about this, soda, sweet tea, fruit juices, and, and the negatives that go with that and why people have to understand why avoiding such things uh, is more beneficial uh, to do rather than drinking it in excess, which unfortunately so many of us do today. So that was kind of what we brought to the table last week. But I know that you have so much more 
to bring when it comes to this concept, uh, when it comes to hydration. And I think one of the things to start to show off is you spoke, when we were speaking, you talked about hydration coming from more than liquid. Maybe you could expand on that for our listeners today. Well, Tony and Joe, it sounds like you've set your audience up very well in terms of the basics of hydration and mm-hmm. how to reco- you. recognize, you know, it's conditional depending on who you are and what you are and where you are and what age you are. And that that one prescription eight glasses a day isn't suitable for all of those conditions. Mm. So that's great. You've already alerted them to the personal quality of hydration versus the sort of standard prescription that's given to everybody. How are you going to get eight glasses a day in, you know, in a kid, right? It's not It's not the easiest thing to do. It's not the easiest tr- thing to do. Or try your elderly mother. Try getting mm. eight glasses a day in your elderly mother. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So yeah, I yeah. want to pick up that thread and talk about how to hydrate beyond liquid, which is very interesting information that I stumbled into because of my research as an anthropologist. Mm-hmm. And I, I was looking, um, you know, trained at Michigan State University, by the way, so local call out. Mm-hmm. And um, I was looking at desert communities uh, comparatively around the globe. So I wasn't looking at one community. I was looking at each desert region around our planet Earth and how did each of those, uh, you know, really compromise conditions? How could they get hydrated? What were they doing? And that's when I stumbled into the really important information that they were using plants, the water locked inside of plants, um, li- literally stored by Mother Nature, right? Uh-huh, so, right. So those kind of plants, I want you to kind of imagine in your mind, things like cactus and aloe vera and and especially tubers, which are root, you know, roots under the ground turned out to be uh, full of water and beautifully stored and like just uh, like, you know, oasis is wherever people went, they could find water fairly easily. So um, that is really valuable information because it turns out the water stored in plants, in desert plants, is a more gel-like. If you think aloe vera, uh, that gel-like quality is the beginning of a hydrological cycle in water to concentrate itself. So the, yeah, so the water inside those desert plants was concentrated water. So they were actually getting more water, better water, concentrated water, full of minerals and nutrition, by the way, than we were getting through water in our tap. So let me ask you this. And I'm, I'm stranded in the desert. I can actually get from these particular plants and these particular roots, I can actually get enough liquid hydration if I know what I'm doing and how to do it to help me survive for a certain period of time, for a certain number of days without ever actually drinking a glass of water? Or am I going way beyond what you're saying here? Nope, that's it. That Can you believe that? And by the way, there's no glasses there either. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I I definitely wasn't thinking there. But um, for all intents and purposes here, that is very interesting. Well, I want to get you out of the survivalist mode and sort of put you in context of desert communities as a whole, okay. which, which will expand our conversation to be relevant now to your listeners, mm. which is they're embedding their hydration within their food, uh, their diets, their foods are things like, so I'm expanding it beyond what I just told you. That's how I stumbled into this research okay. is finding this concentrated water inside of aloe or cactus so I can help you picture it. But it turns out that foods in general are also carrying this very concentrated form of water. So a desert community would be using camel milk or dates, for example. Um, the, uh, the, the kinds of, where I want to go next with this conversation is that plants are able to, all plants, not just desert plants, hold concentrated water. Mm -hmm. So even uh, foods in our life, 
now I can switch the conversation to why this becomes relevant to us. And of course, I'm not just having an anthropological or observatory conversation now. I'm now having the conversation where I spent the next 10 years doing science research on what water is in foods. And it turns out it's the same kind of concentrated water. So a, a water in a, a apple, water in watermelon is the same transformed state of water. It's not the same as the water we get out of our tap or a bottle. It's actually more concentrated water that's coming into your system already loaded with nutrients and minerals and electrolytes already all done by nature, by the synthesis of, you know, the plant and the sun and the soil. All of that's already your your water bottle. Your best water bottle is an apple. Let me just put it that way. (laughs) So I actually read I've actually read. um, Oh, boy, this is a while ago now. So I do not remember the name of the study or where the research was done or the sample sizes or anything of that nature. But I remember one thing that they found and they said that I I, and I'm I'm paraphrasing approximately 20 percent of your water intake comes from food sources on a normal everyday diet. Have you ever heard that before or does yes, that? Okay. Indeed, indeed. And, and what we want to do is help people realize they can hydrate more uh, by turning to foods. And here's why I want to turn them away from the tap or the bottle. And I don't want to do that completely. So we're mm-hmm. going to return to how to use liquid. But okay. in this con- but this section of our conversation, I just want to help them go, oh, my God, I could expand my hydration okay. in, in huge ways that's far more effective and better for me. The reason I want to help us move away from approaching just liquid hydration is because the water coming from our taps now is really compromised. And so mm-hmm. hydrating just through our tap and our bottles has new problems that it didn't really have before. And that is that it carries so many more contaminants than we were aware of. And if we, you know, by even if we try to, uh, you know, we, with water treatment, we have tried to clean up our water. Even the way we treat water at water treatment plants mm-hmm. has has broken the molecular cycle inside the water molecule. It's disorganized. It's so that the electrons aren't connecting together well. And when, and so we're drinking a lot of water that's already not able to hydrate us as well as water molecules that have been put back together. So their electrons share, and that would be in food or an apple. Oh, so, boy. Wow. so let, yeah, let me just help you walk across that bridge again, because it's a really important point. Okay. Our, our tap and bottles, are the f- sources of water that have been treated industrially are now uh, not able to hydrate us as well. And you, that's why you find people drinking, 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 and trying to get hydrated. And somehow that it still doesn't work. So you can actually not get hydrated even though you're drinking high volumes of liquid simply because inside the, the atom structure, the molecular structure mm-hmm. of the water molecule, the, the electrons aren't shared anymore because they've been chemically treated or they've been abused basically by the, our good intentions to make water clean. So it's, it's almost like you're saying, and I, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but it, I see a, a comparative analysis in my head here. It's almost the same, but different, but the same as what they've done to our food sources over the last four or five decades. Oh, perfect analogy. Let's call yeah. it processed water instead of processed. Uh, there you go. Okay. So, so I, I do have a question here, Jen. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot ahead. of people might be uh, uh, thinking about, um, you know, what about in comparison to things like uh, spring water, filtered water? I, in my home, I have a water filtration system. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand what you're saying as far as what happens at the treatment facilities, but is there something that is supposed to add these electrons back? Is that something that happens in, say, like, a, again, in a filtration system, uh, like within a, in home or or even spring, you know, spring water, the bottles that we buy? Right. Exactly. So every time you remove some contaminants, you're mm-hmm. allowing that water to return to its natural state, to nice. its electron state. Okay. So that the filtered process, the filter, well, the process they use for filtering spring water um, is actually, well, then it is 
better than what, right. what we yes. can strip from the tap. Okay. Spring water is going to be much better for you. Filtered okay. water is going to be a little bit better for you. But let me tell you how to get really good water sure. in a really easy way. One, mm -hmm. eat that apple. Right. Okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. But, Absolutely. But two... Use the water. I'm going to try to give you a visual. Don't okay. drink that water, uh, even from your filter, without now uh, helping the electrons to get even stronger. And this is where electrolytes come in. So um, adding electrolytes then ignites the dance of the molecules inside. Uh -huh. The Makes water, right? Good. So that's why people are always talking about electrolytes. Nobody really understood what we're talking mm -hmm. about is uh, li right. literally adding electricity, electricity to your water. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so the way to do a quick and, and easy and accessible to everybody way is uh, just to do a pinch of salt in your water glass, good salt, like sea salt, salts that carry natural electrolytes. Pink, so, pink, pink Himalayan. Yeah, okay. pink Himalayan is a rock salt. You can use desert salts from Utah. There's a company called Redmond. They're fantastic. You can use uh, sea salts that you buy right at the grocery store. And this salt is going to charge your water. And the electric, so now I get to have the conversation. So we just, I just want to finish the salt conversation and then move, move on to why, why electricity in your water. Sure. Salt in your water, that pinch of salt, it does, I don't want it to be salty. I don't want you to taste it to taste salty. I just want it to taste more silky. And then you know you've made the transfer. And you'll be able to do this. Your tongue is so smart. It will go, oh, this is so much smoother, more silky. This, fel this water feels vel velvety with a little bit of this mm -hmm. salt in it. Because once you add that salt, you've now changed the power of that water to hydrate you. And you can actually drink less water because you're getting far better absorption it gets into your cells through that electrical pulse and that's what's missing from our tap water and our bottled water so, so th mm -hmm. that's even that's even uh, uh what we could talk about when people are fatigued and can't get that energy source they're looking for this could even be another way to charge them uh and give them the energy they're looking for whether it be to get through their day to get through their workout uh and so on and so forth well, think about what you're doing. You actually nailed it. What you're doing is you're just making a very, very diluted saline solution, mm -hmm. which is what the heck they give you when they tr haul mm -hmm. you to the hospital because right. you're dehydrated. Right, so right. you're just doing like the intervention in a milder way over time that's way better for your body than getting in these emergencies where you have to have an IV stuck in you, right? Right. Which is which is what happened to my mom. And that's why I ended up founding the Hydration Foundation. Oh, is, okay. You know, is to really spread this vital, vital information into communities like the very vulnerable elderly mm -hmm. and then athletes and travelers and then moms and anybody who's anybody who's tired. Yes. What's the big, you know, complaint about our culture? It's fatigue. Right. And and fatigue is linked to simple, simple. We don't have enough electricity in our system. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying there. Uh, let me let me ask you this and let me know if I'm getting too far ahead um, as far as the direction you want to go in this conversation to make sure that you're getting all your points across to our listeners. Um, am I, so when you talk about, we talked about this as well a couple of weeks ago when we were when we were speaking on the phone. We talked about fascia. Yes. Now, when we talk about fascia, um, we're not talking about if an auto worker is listening to this because I'm an auto worker um, and they're thinking about the front and rear bumper of a car. But we're talking more about connective tissue, right, that kind of holds together organs, bones, muscles, et cetera, uh, so to speak. Is that what we're talking about when we talk about fascia? Yeah, people are going to be surprised that we're talking suddenly about uh, body tissue with hydration. But, mm -hmm. of course, uh, this uh, whole system in our body, you know, our connective system, it's been expanded now. Even the research now is just – they're just talking – just think of yourself as liquid tissue. That's mm. – 
your gel-like tissue. You're really made of the same material as a jellyfish, except you got bones in there. Uh huh. That's what we're talking about. Now you get that picture. You go, oh, I get why hydration is yeah. suddenly kind of important. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I uh, let me just add this real quick because when I'm training my athletes, if it's if it's my younger ones, like eight, nine, ten years old, I always tried to tell them to look at a globe. And that's kind of like your body. The globe is made up three-fourths of water and one-fourth of land. And that's basically your body's makeup, which is like 65 to 70% water. To get them to understand, in layman's terms, what you're actually made up of. They, they don't – it's hard for them to understand if I explain it the way you're explaining it now. But our listeners – uh, being of the age group they are, I think are really getting what you're saying. They're, they're taking it all in right now. Yes, because we're a whole body system. And even the land part of us, let's call it, you know, the more structured forms. It, mm-hmm. We didn't know this. We're just learning it. We, we, we're, this is brand new, you know, uh, uh, anatomical research that even our cartilage, our bones are forms of water molecules that are in the, that are in a more crystalline state. Mm. So we even, so if we go back to the idea of the globe, so yes, yes, the oceans, the rivers, the atmosphere, that's water, the whole thing. Mm. It turns out even the land is, you know, spongy water, (laughs) Wow. <laughs> and it's, if it's harder and harder and harder, it's because it's dehydrating, dehydrating, dehydrating. <laughs> and, 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 and so that being said, what you talk about the fish, we talk about, and you mentioned the body's hidden irrigation system. Um, right. So, so basically, is, is that what you're talking about when you're talking yes. about this concept? Okay. Yeah. I, and, and I'd like to just like kind of nail that, go back to the jellyfish analogy. Sure. And then what your cells are, a biological cell, I want you to think of it as like a tiny miniature Ziploc bag full of jello. That's what a cell really is, right? It's got a membrane, it's got, but inside the water inside that jelly-like water, which is what the cell is mostly made of, and of course, then your blood is just a, a slightly thinner version of this, that plasma that's running through your whole system. There isn't a system in the body that isn't a hydration system. The whole blessed thing is <laughs> yeah, okay. we, we are a body of water. We are amazingly made of water. I, I'm not going to wow. lie to you. I just wrote down your analogy of what a cell is because I love it. So I'm going to steal <laughs> that. I'm going to definitely steal that when I'm talking about this. Um, and so, you know, well, when we talk about this hidden irrigation system uh, with the cell, what when we're moving on to the to what is the second half of the hydration formula? So first, you got to get the liquid in you or the water in you, and even breathing deeply is a vaporizing form of hydrating. That's why I'm saying let's move beyond just the hydrate beyond liquid. Let's start look, thinking of ourselves as a whole system, just like we have to think about the ecology on the planet as a whole system. It's all connected. You know, um, uh, we're the inside. We're a duplicate of that. Um, we're a smaller version of these whole system approaches. And so Mother Nature has provided lots of ways for us to hydrate. And one of the one of the key ways that she keeps you flowing is through movement. So I want you to reimagine your exercise or your uh, your sport or your uh, daily work mm-hmm. as a, hydro- a hydraulic flow system with a series of locks and canals and um, movements that are now uh, taking your hydration and sending it through your system. Your, your intake and then your intake cleanses your system. It moistens your system. It sends electricity into your system. Very important point. That's really what I think is water's first job is to get you energy and electricity. And then it carries out waste, right? Mm -hmm. This is the flow system. It's just as straightforward as in any ecology. You You got input, you got exit. So now how does that happen in our body? That happens by how we move. So if you just think of your, your, for example, if you put your chin to your chest, 
that is a hydraulic fluid movement. You're just now you've just flushed your entire synovial canal. Canal keyword there, mm-hmm. right? You right. just moved all the water down your spine, which is a flush, and it brings in new electricity. So every time you move, you're literally creating the the water molecules are being allowed. Think of that Ziploc bag when they're pressing next to each other. They're they're generating energy. So they're you're sharing electrons now. So basically, moving is the second half of the hydration formula. To put it as simple as possible. Amen. Amen. <laughs> if 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 I and obviously a lot goes into that as you just explained, but that is in its simplest terms, you can make that statement and then go from there. In other words, this, this actually brings our, our uh, episode from last season about warming up and cooling down to a whole other level mm. with the whole idea of getting electricity into the muscles. And, yes. You know, but okay. I don't, that's a whole other show. No, it's great. And, and, and I'm so happy to have a conversation because you can imagine everyone stops me in the street, every podcast. It's always, how much should I drink? How much should I drink? How much mm-hmm. And I'm like, Honey, your real question should be how much can I make my hydration flow through my whole system? Because then that electricity is going to heal me. It's going to heal my feet. It's going to heal my aches. It's going to heal my eyesight. You know, it's going to every every single system in our body is uh, touched and run by hydration. And the electricity in that hydration is what sends signaling between each of your cells, those Ziploc bags, to tell them both generate electricity and, by the way, you know, fix your foot, fix your toe, go to the eye. We need you over here. Get down to the hip. Wait, people. <laughs> so yeah, that that is amazing, and and that kind of leads me right into what I wanted to talk to you about next, and something that we had discussed, and it was very intriguing to me because I'm a trainer. Uh, I work with a lot of young people who happen to be involved in athletics. So you're talking about that repair formula. And we talked about, and this kind of ties right into it, we were talking about uh, repairing tissue, so to speak, when we were talking about the urgent news about concussions yeah, and how, uh, in terms of tissue protection mm-hmm. for, for school sports and, and athletes of all ages, through all these hydration secrets. What can you do to expand on that when it comes to the importance of hydration and uh, I guess specifically the concussion protocols? Yes, great. I'm so glad you asked me that because this is so important to pass on to people. So I want you to go back to the idea of yourself as a jellyfish with bones and that that means your hydration becomes very protective. So having fully hydrated little Ziploc bags and fully hydrated tissue structure means that you aren't going to tear. You're you're far more resilient. You're going to bounce through uh, a, a bump or uh, your your concussion. Your brain. I mean, just think about the brain structure. Mm. The brain is a huge jellyfish in your head. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it and it's surrounded by amniotic fluid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so what more do we have to say about being well hydrated before you go into sports? It is a protective strategy to, to keep you from concussion and keep you from injury. And then uh, what the fantastic uh, studies coming out showing hydration is essential for recovery from concussion. And people were not so aware of that as they are now. So uh, that the hydration pre and post injury is going to be really important. But again, what they're doing is trying to hydrate with just plain liquid, which has lost its electrical charge. And that is not going to do the healing, the the uh, accelerated healing that we really need in those kind of crisis situations. Yeah. So you want to know, understand you really got to hydrate with things that have electrolytes in them, which food does naturally. But then back, we're back to the question of how do we make liquid have those electrolytes? Yeah. You know, and, without without going to Gatorade. And, and OK. And there's there's that. And, and, and parents who are listening to this show, I really hope. If, if you're listening, I hope you're paying attention to what she just talked about here. If you have young people that are involved 
in sports, whatever that sport may be, the importance of understanding hydration when it comes to this, this situation, because it's becoming more and more relevant, not just in football. We always equate it with football, but in every sport where at any moment in time, something can happen that can cause all these problems, all these, all these injuries. So I, I hope that you listened to what she had to say there. Um, and, and, and I don't want to just jump from that. So I want to ask you, is there anything else you want to add to that? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that, Tony and Joe too, you know, because I don't want, I, I, I want to uh, help parents understand if you're just giving your kids bottles of water, um, that isn't helpful. Um, if you're giving your kids bottles of water with a little salt in that, not to put this salty, to, that it's distasteful, um, you're helping somewhat. You're helping a lot, actually. But you can continue to amplify the power of that hydration by doing other things as well, which includes, you know, uh, having your kid have, you know, a high fruit and plant diet because mm. all of that food is now uh, hydrating at a much higher level and a much better. So you're, you're working across, you're not working just right before the event and handing them a bottle of water and saying, you know, go, go, go. You're, you're buffering and improving their tissue structure all through the strategies of the day where you're, you know, you hand them a piece of watermelon, you, uh, you know, you, uh, you help them do a couple twists because then they're shifting that hy- hydration inside of themselves so that, you know, like just twisting around your spine a little bit is going to give a flush and a pull in and create energy. And then the tissues will expand. So these, uh, these ways of thinking are helping you send your kid into sports with a lot more confidence that they're covered for injury. Gotcha. They're, you know, they're, they're free to play because, you know, they're, they're well hydrated. And that's really the key to all of this. That is truly fantastic information. And, and definitely, uh, I hope the parents are listening to, to that part of the show for sure. Um, is this, obviously, obviously is I this, wanted to listen. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, is this a good time because it, the, you've got your listeners attention right now to give a, a, a do your own hydration, uh, sports drink recipe. Uh, absolutely go right ahead okay great because it's so simple it's kind of crazy okay um but i will say i use this on my elderly mom that's how committed i am okay sure go ahead so there's a there's something called chia seeds and chia seeds i discovered because i was i was investigating desert people and this is a this is a desert seed a desert plant it's actually a form of sage it's a sage seed and it is one of the highest hydrating foods on the planet Mm. and it's now readily available. So you can just take some chia seeds and uh, throw it in your water bottle and maybe add a little something like uh, pomegranate juice if you don't want to do a high glycemic juice, but whatever you've got, (laughs) you know, add it just a little bit like a, a tablespoon to a full bottle of water of chia seeds and then you add some coloration because the chia seeds kind of make it, they look a little unpalatable. Okay. And, and so you want to colorize it so then it, it feels great. You can put orange juice in there, whatever you've got, because here's how important it is. If you throw that tablespoon of chia seed in, you have increased hydration by almost two thirds. Say that again to make sure that they really heard what you just said. If you throw in a tablespoon of chia seeds into a bottle of water, like a big bottle, you know, Mm -hmm. 12 ounces and above. Okay. You've increased hydration by two thirds and it's, it's immediate. And just, just think about it because so what's happening with those seeds is that that's mother nature's package, right? For starting life. And when you chia seed touches any form of water, it will begin to grow a gel uh, around it. Uh, you, so what I love about chia seeds is they perfectly picture what's actually happening. They grow the gel water and they'll release it into your water. And now this kind of uh, more concentrated water has a high electrical content and it's right there in your bottle now versus drinking just an empty bottle of water or something like Gatorade, which is a whole synthetic story, um, which doesn't get us the level of natural, a vibrant, electrical mother nature function that just some chia seed can do for you. I got you. Let me ask you this. 
Is there a place where you have this recipe that people can actually go to and and see the recipe for themselves? Yes. So, of course, my job, Tony and Joe, is <laughs> is to spread this information. I'm an educational um uh, foundation. Our whole job is to bring this information. You can imagine what it would be like if I knew that you you not only affected your kids that you're coaching, but you you know you were able to take this back into your elderly community and help you know your mom or your dad. Um, I mean, this matters to me so much. So on my website is a uh, do your own uh, hydration sports drink. It's I'm at the hydrationfoundation.org. Hydration Foundation rhymes, so you're not going to forget it. Mm-hmm. And and I'm a nonprofit, so it's .org. Um, we also, as an educational institution, put out a book called Quench. Yes. Um, your five-day plan to optimal hydration. The recipes in there, along with 50 other recipes. And we put that book out because, you know, it, books are ways a great way to get people's, uh, you know, information into people's hands. Yes. And, um, and that book is now in seven languages. I can't believe it. It's- yeah. When you, when you said that, that, that was intriguing to me as well, that it's actually in seven different languages. That's, that's awesome. Um, Joe, I, I don't think this would be a problem at all. As everybody knows, Joe is the technical advisor as well as the co-host to the show. Uh, can you put a link to the hydration foundation and how people can get a hold of this recipe and that book, uh, in the description of the podcast? Of course, of course, yeah. it's a, almost already done. Oh, so Joe is hard at work and behind the scenes as we're talking. And, uh, and, and that is just awesome. Um, and, and an awesome foundation, uh, I would have to say. Uh, I, I think uh, well, you would agree. Tony, can I tell you, uh, even a bigger, a bigger mission here is not sure. only re- – so the Hydration Foundation exists to get better hydration to people, plants – animals and soils. So when you go on my website, you're going to see a donation pop up and it's only an invitation. You just can click past that and get to any of our free information because that's my real mission. Mm -hmm. But I want to collect people who want with me to help rehydrate the soil as well, because, uh, you know, as above, so below inside of us, outside of us, mother nature is a patterned activator she uses the same strategies so our ecological problems our climate problems are deeply related to dehydrated soils and who will help us with that our farmers and, so and there's something you do not hear about in any conversation on a regular basis yeah so mm-hmm. it means so much to be able to share with you guys you know, and, and collect uh, all of us who can. So it, what we do at the Hydration Foundation is we collect um, either $33 or $99 from you. And then we put it, that into pools of money. And then we uh, we get, uh, we, we buy a, a, it's a simple plastic funnel that spins the electrons of the water back together again before they reach the soil. So you just screw it on your irrigation system. You could even screw this on your garden hose. These are these are uh, these are excellent strategies for getting tap water, treated water, irrigation water to be electrical again and to do the deep work of hydration much more efficiently. We can bring down water use all over the planet, just mm. like we bring down liquid use in our bodies. So, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. That's all. Yeah. So, you know, we, lo- we love if anybody wants to help us with this project. Yeah. We're trying to save Mother Earth acre by acre. Yeah. That's really what we're and trying to do. That, that's under the products <laughs> recommended by the Hydration Foundation. Yes. I that's the link. Okay. Yeah. I'm on yeah. the site right now just checking it out. And yeah. yeah. Very easy to navigate. Shouldn't be very difficult for folks to get any information that they're interested in. And so, then we also, um, we also last year, in, uh, because of COVID, we, we produced a summit on hydration because we do think hydration runs your immune system. Mm -hmm. So you shouldn't be just looking to vaccines to save you from our new environments. You should be looking to your own soils inside of you to to recover, you know, your own hydraulic system inside of you. And so we really wanted everyone to know how important hydration was for immunity. And we interviewed 30 different people with 30 different strategies for hydrating. So we help you really broaden your idea beyond liquid. And that's all free. It's a public service. You can click on it, register for the, the, the summit, and you will get to hear 
you know, at your leisure, whoever, 30 different ways to, to, to think about hydration. Now that I've cued you to how important hydration is. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to the podcast today, it's not going to hurt you. And as Gina said, there's no I mean, there's no monetary value that they expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's free information. And all you have to do is click on the link that Joe's providing you here in the podcast today, hydrationfoundation.org, and all the wonderful things that they are bringing to light about the hydration process and the importance that it is in our daily lives and what it's doing to the environment, um, the ecological system, and how we can change that as a whole rather than one person at a time. Well, actually, it does take one person at a time to make it a whole. So, um, you know, if you guys could just check it out, uh, we would really appreciate it. Uh, obviously, something near and dear to Gina and obviously something she's extremely passionate about. And I believe there's something there. And I think people should check it out. Um, so, I mean, if we could, I just have one more point, one more question, so to speak, to ask you today. Um, and I mean, just all the information you've already given us is amazing. But on this show, we uh, talk a lot about different lifestyles in terms of eating habits, whether you're doing ketogenic diet, paleo, Mediterranean, the concepts of intermittent fasting, and so on and so forth. And what what is your what is your thought process on how hydration should take place when you are depriving your body of food for certain periods of time, or you're depriving your body of certain foods over longer periods of time when you are following these different types of eating lifestyles? Where does hydration play a role in that process? Oh, fantastic question. And so geared to your audience. This is, this is really great because there are different hydration strategies for different uh, diets. So, for example, if you're on a paleo diet and you're eating a lot of meats, um, your, those meats are, uh, they don't bring hydration into your system at the same way. So you want to compensate for that. And that means that you're, uh, it's going to be really important to you to add a lot of vegetables and a lot of, uh, a lot of fruits. If you're not using fruits, it's okay. But a lot of vegetables, a lot of salads, leafy greens, Tony, Joe, this is going to blow your mind. Mm Mm-hmm. A salad, leafy greens are 96% water. They are a fantastic water source. They're incredible. Of course, Mother Nature planned that, but we kind of missed that in the memo. I don't know where it went, but. <laughs> I am totally getting enough water in my head. I, I don't know what I've been. Between the, uh, uh, you know, 90-some ounces that I drink a day, the solids I eat. I do have a question, though. Uh, yeah. And, and I think this is probably something a lot of people, well, maybe they aren't thinking about, but it will come into question. Coffee. Now, oh, yeah. I know we'll the main the ingredient coffee, is yeah. water, but then you hear, the, oh, yeah, but, you know, it's no good because of the caffeine. So what, what, what is your takeaway on coffee? Oh, I'm so happy to talk about that, too. But first, let me just complete the kind oh, of sure, conversation. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we're going to end with coffee. But um, it c- I just want you to, if you, once you get how much water you are and you know you're eating a high meat diet or you're eating a keto diet, you want to understand, okay, I've got to do some compensatory work for the dehydrating food that I'm eating. And that's all I'm asking you is just be smart and go, don't change your diet. You know, I'm not, this is not a one diet. Believe me, as an anthropologist, the, the, human, the human species has seen every diet. <laughs> yeah. We're capable of every diet. Yes. So all I'm getting to alert you to is, wow, I, if I know I'm eating, uh, okay, I'm going to switch modes here and say, if I'm eating a pizza, I better have that salad or an apple later or watermelon salad, something to uh, compensate for the dryness of the food that I'm typically eating. Okay. And now I get, now I begin to understand how to ride the hydration story in a different level. It's in your hands and you want to be able to say, Oh yeah, I'm going to have that pizza, but I'm going to have a salad with it, or I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to have a cut up apple with it. Something where you start going, wh- where are my water sources to cope with this dry moment I've just had? All and right, the, so, the, oh, same with it, the same with intermittent fasting. You know, intermittent fasting is fantastic. It's anthropologically uh, supported, 
there's been feasting and fasting throughout all cultures. They all do these practices. They're very important for uh, us to think about and re-recognize as a culture that's eating all the time and going, wow, is that really the right human strategy? Is that a good biology? You know, it's, it's really not. So I'm, I very much uh, support uh, even just going, you know, till noon, uh, and hydrating yourself really well through that and then going on with the rest of your food plan. So um, so if there's one you know, essential strategy I can get you to, it's when you get up in the morning, have a beautiful glass of water, then have your coffee. Now, I break that rule because nothing gets between me and my morning coffee. Just I, get I out of I was very nervous. <laughs> I was very nervous yeah. because I was thinking to myself, please don't tell me coffee is the worst thing ever and give me a research no. study that I don't know about. Yeah. I, I, I love my coffee. I, <laughs> and I don't, I really am a grump before I get my coffee in the morning. And <laughs> I know people are going to shake their finger at me, but I've got some great science behind me. So all I want to do is tell you, say, have your coffee then have a beautiful glass of water with a bit of salt or a uh, a squeeze of lime these are classic traditions mm. you want to not use coffee alone as your hydration that's that's the trick which is what's kind of happening to us yeah we are 100% behind you i i <laughs> hydrate with pink himalayan salt water with sometimes a little bit of lemon or lime yes. and i drink my 2 to 3 6 to 8 ounce cups of coffee every morning yes, you're black fine. coffee black you're coffee you're fine i, I love black coffee yeah. I've is got, that I've... 60 68 ounces is that what you said i said 6 to 8 ounces <laughs> oh, words in my mouth okay now you're witnessing now you're witnessing two brothers fighting on two brothers one way. <laughs> <laughs> well, coffee, if you think about it, coffee is an herbal drink. It's a little weird way to say it, but it mm-hmm. is a drink uh, among uh, natives, uh, traditions uh, around the world, and it's been used. It's got, uh, it's got great um, biological act- active principles in it, um, and all you need to know is some people can tolerate it and some people can't. So what, what's sure. the argument there? If you don't like it and you can't drink it and it gets you jittery, you know something about your biology. Yes. If you if you love it and you drink it and it really suits you well, great, go for it. And in the context of of uh, of, of hydration, yes, that liquid counts in terms of volume, right? Oh, sure. And um, and it probably you can enhance your the electrical function of that coffee by also some traditions which are adding butter. Or adding ghee, you know, you think uh, cocoa and chocolate in the Tibet region. You think I, you're not going to want to think about this, but herbs, or herbal drink with yak butter. Um, you know, the bulletproof coffee. If any of you guys know Dave Asprey's work, he's just reviving very old traditions where you take a hot drink in the morning with some uh, material, uh, herbal material in it, and you add a fat, and that that extends your hydration through a much longer period and makes you better hydrated. So um, that's all in quench as well. Some I, I do a number of cultures and what they drink. and But for us right now, we just want to have this conversation about coffee. Yes, coffee counts as your liquid intake. But remember, you want your liquid intake to do what water is really trying to do, which is carry. Water conducts electricity. That's that's all I want. That's the message I want to get to your audience. So there's there it is in a nutshell, and and everything in between. And uh, I, I I'll tell you this: um, this was a fantastic, fantastic hour with you, with so much information to take in. This is the type of show that I would recommend to our listeners to listen to more than once to really get the understanding of the importance of hydration and everything that goes with that. Um, I, you brought so much to the table today, and I could tell you this. Uh, Joe and myself, and I know I'm speaking for Joe here, but I, I think I'm, I'm going to be – I think I'm correct when I do that, um, and he will confirm that. This has been a fantastic interview, and if you don't mind, in the future, we will definitely be reaching out to you for another interview uh, when called upon uh, with our shows that have anything to do with hydration or the process of hydration and the benefits of such. Oh, um, I'm, I'm delighted, and of course I'm happy to do it. This is so important to spread this, and if, if your audience or anyone who's listened can help me spread new stri- strategies for hydration, you know, that's our work. Yeah. That's what we're hoping this 
yeah. what happens. So, cool. so yeah. ladies and gentlemen, hydrationfoundation.org. You can check it out in the description of the of the link here of the podcast. And uh, any questions, please reach out to us. Uh, reach out to Gina. And I know for a fact that we would love to answer all your questions, all your concerns, and anything you want to know a little bit more about. Don't forget about the book. And uh, Gina Bria, thank you so much for your time today. We can't tell you how special that was and how important it was to get that information out. And we will be talking to you in the very near future. Gentlemen, delighted and um, water blessings on all of us. Thank you so much, Thank Gina. You, Gina. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Wow. I mean, I believe you can agree with me when, when I say that that was eye-opening for so many of us when it comes to stepping outside the box in terms of how we view hydration normally. And what I mean by normally is we always say to each other, listen, got to drink your water. Everybody knows you have to drink water. You can't go without water to, to survive. And that's just a general basis. But but she really, I mean, I always knew about the 20% rule that I brought up, you know, briefly, as far as how much water you may be able to obtain from your food sources daily. And of course, the wonderful benefits of, of clean salts. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, in your water, mm-hmm. that your pink Himalayan salts, and, and Gina mentioned, you know, others as well. But I loved the conversation from beginning to end. Concussion protocols, her hydration foundation that she is so passionate. You can really hear the passion when she was talking about that, and and what goals they have set to inform people on the best way to make this planet uh, better, if you will. Yeah, certainly. And really, there is a great advantage in having this knowledge, too, because that whole eight by eight rule, Mm -hmm. uh, I know for me, uh, you know, beginning and and for others uh, that are even starting off in the direction or journey into a healthier lifestyle, they can find it a bit daunting, you know, Uh, trying to remember. Then you always forget around the sixth or seventh. How many did I have? And, you know, that's it. Right. Here we see, though, that food counts, too. So it just makes us all the more easier to get hydrated. Yeah. You know, getting the appropriate amount of fluid into our bodies has become one of the most overlooked aspects to being healthy, just like warming up and cooling down, right? Right. Uh, It becomes a cliche rather than a hard and fast rule. And now that we have so much more knowledge on its importance, as well as some recipes, tips and tricks on increasing your hydration levels and resources to refer to, such as the hydrationfoundation.org, uh, I like how she said it. they actually came up with that that rhyme so it was uh, catchy, easier to, re- to remember. Right, Hydrationfoundation.org. Right, right. Uh, you know, there's really no excuse for, for not getting the amount of fluids your body needs to keep thriving. But you know what else has become an overlooked topic in our health as well is sleep. Talk to me. Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. I mentioned it in the past, and, and I talked about how it affected me with my anxiety. And, mm-hmm. you know, really, that's just one way a lack of rest can, mm-hmm. can you know, do you harm. But what about the recovery our bodies need just from day-to-day life? Not to mention right. muscle repair from daily exercise and your work day and so on. So. It really is so much more to talk about here, folks. And starting next week, that's what we're going to do. We're going to start the conversation on sleep. And I'll I'll tell you real quick here before we wrap this up for, uh, Mm -hmm. for, you know, for this week. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. If you want a surefire way to take everything you're doing in terms of exercise and and, and beating yourself up from the physical standpoint uh, and, and making you the best you and throw it out the window throw it in the garbage can, keep busting your butt in the gym and then not getting enough rest and enough sleep. And everything you're doing in that gym, wherever that gym is at, whether it's an actual building you go to or whether it's your downstairs, wherever you're at working out that way is for nothing. I can promise you that. And and I'll, I'll say this as well. And it's for more reason than what you're thinking as far as, well, sleep is when your body heals and recovers. Um, it's also going to to have something to do with your motivation mm. as you move forward as well. Because when you're tired and you don't feel like it and you have no no drive, and on top of it, it's because you haven't been sleeping, well, you see where I'm going with that. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a great right. show. So, great show. Go. I think it is. So until then, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or opinions, you can leave us a voice message via the link in this episode's description. 
Finally, remember to join us each week as we release new episodes every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, on behalf of Coach Tony and myself, thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Be the best you. See you next week.